Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space for the second time. Oh wait, the, the audience doesn't need to know that. Uh, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And my name's Aaron. movie this week is Battle Beyond the Stars from 1980, directed by Jimmy T. Murakami and starring George Pippard, Robert Vaughn, Richard Thomas, John Saxon, Darlene Fugel, and Sybil Danny. This movie was requested by a listener, Bud. Thanks for writing in, Bud. I was looking forward to eventually picking this movie as my own, but with you writing in, I was like, <laughs> now I can inflict this on them. Thank you for recommending this. Yeah, thanks, bud. That's great. That was a uh, really nice email. Yeah, it was, it was a very nice email. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thank we, you so much. Yeah. So I had seen this movie before. I watched it because of a podcast called Junk Food Cinema. Ah. We were talking about how much... This movie was was great. It was you know Roger Corman cheese and great James Horner score and just like very creatively done. So I was like, all right, I gotta check this out, and I liked it a lot. Aaron, I oh. think you liked it. <laughs> uh, this movie, this movie's great. It's got some pretty dumb, fun things. It's rewatchable. Like, almost immediately, I was like, yeah, you could have this on with a group of friends. You could, or, or perhaps you're just working on a project at home, uh, sorting through your comics. I would put this on just to, like, have some, like, weird background ambiance. Uh, yeah, this is just a fun movie. It, it's rewatchable. Absolutely. Sarah, are we going to rewatch this anytime soon? Or how do you feel about it? No, I probably won't want to rewatch it. I don't know. I I didn't hate it, but I don't think I liked it as much as you guys did. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's it's cheesy. And it's got I didn't I, mind the cheesiness actually. I kind of well, we can go into the plot, but it was kind of like a half-hearted feeling about it. In the story that I think we'll probably get into. What do you mean? Um, you don't think it was fully developed? No, I mean, the characters and the story felt kind of half-hearted. Okay. I mean, I do feel like, I feel like Star Wars, which is obviously this movie is a knockoff of, had like a whole Bible like what the what the universe was like, and what you know different species and you know political systems and stuff like that, this one I feel like was a lot of ideas just all tossed together to to make a a Star Wars meets seven samurai rip off thing, but there I, there there I feel like there is a lot of depth to the ideas in the movie, if not like a full universe, 
No, it's not like Kroll. It can't all be Kroll. But you could sure use the Kroll soundtrack in your movie, Joel. It's just James Horner was just, you know, borrow a little bit here, just to borrow a little, you know, he wasn't, they weren't using all the soundtrack. It's a perfectly good soundtrack. It's the fan. <laughs> it's the fanfare. The it's great. It's good. Gets me going. That's what this movie I'm excited. movie was missing. Horses with their hooves on fire. Yeah, the fire ponies, Joel. That's right. I forgot about that. Sometimes you need to ride a fire pony in order to get to an interdimensional I, castle, all right? I agree. Sometimes fire horses are the only way. And sometimes you're afraid because you know your death's coming. So you're like, nah, I'm going to ride my fire pony later. (laughs) (laughs) And then get crushed by this wall that I could probably move out of the way of. Or sometimes you are looking forward to your glorious death. So you climb into your recliner and you fly into space. Can we talk? Look, she's like... She, she was like a Klingon, guys. Okay, okay. She was Fair. like she was like those two Klingon chicks. That- <laughs> but Joel, I have problems with reclining in space. I think you should be in the upright position in order to uh, foresee the entire battle at hand. I mean, everyone, it's my opinion. Everyone else was, was sitting ramrod straight. That's you know. Think about those like ramrod <laughs> straight. Those, this uh, guy over here. What are those? Uh, <laughs> It's like she was in a like a bobsled team and cool running. <laughs> I think she was. Down. <laughs> she could have been in a modified bobsled, you're right. Exactly. There was some there was some repurposed uh, vehicles in this movie, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. There were some repurposed vehicles, guys. Maybe she was having back problems, okay? Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair you're right. You're right. I shouldn't yeah. Yeah, don't judge her by the way she sits. Judge her by what she's wearing. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Saint X-Men, huh? <laughs> she's a saint. You shouldn't think of her that way. I, honestly, every time I say her name, I'm thinking the mutants, though. Saint X-Men. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Listeners, when, when this when this Vic, uh, this Valkyrie uh, Saint a- X-Men showed up on screen, blood started pouring out of Aaron's nose. No! <laughs> it, look, it was really awkward, dude. It was really- <laughs> Aaron was probably asleep when she showed up. But <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, the first time, I, I felt like it, I, it was awkward. What can I say? There were, there were some gratuitous boob shots in this movie. Um... <laughs> There a lot from just like under her boobs looking up at her face. The camera was just like that was their way of showing you how she was flying her spacecraft. And then she had an outfit change, still not covering everything. She had to get ready for battle, so she put on her uh, her leather outfit or whatever that's still had a bunch of holes in it. You know, I'm th- I'm thinking about the way she was sitting, and she, that actress did not look comfortable. You're, That's you're that right. was my number my number one problem. I mean, obviously, uh, look. I mean, oh, look, I got back issues. That would not feel comfortable. No, it just for it me. just looked like, like like for one thing, like her range of acting. I, I just felt like it was it was it was like, she had no like. It was just she was just sitting there, dudes, mm. dudes and dudettes. It's just it's not. It didn't look comfortable. No, didn't look comfortable. Maybe it's all the helmet. Maybe she has to have special clearance for that, you know. Fair enough. She, the po- wings. Her pokey bone helmet. Yeah. Well, I mean, or or maybe just room for the skeletal bra. Oh, what if, what the, if 
the reason why she's so uh, scantily clad is because they only had a limited limited amount of material on her planet, and she wanted a really big hat. Like Fair everybody enough. else is like mostly covered except for her. <laughs> well, all I got I got to say though, she looked like she really enjoyed the part. Yeah, I had to say. When she wasn't stuck in that sad, reclined spaceship position, it looked uncomfortable, guys. Like, it made me feel really uncomfortable after a while, because, I mean, obviously, look, I mean, you know, she's yeah. great to look at, but, but what I'm trying to say is, is that, like, uh, it just didn't look comfortable, right? That was yeah. my that was my concern after a while. It wasn't like, this is a cool space adventure. It was, man, just give her a spaceship where she can, like, you know, act in. Because, like, right. like, um... Like, Even her eyes looked like they were straining to like I, look around like and this, react uh, to things. Yeah, I, I feel like someone like begged, like literally had to beg her to do this part, like like that particular scene, and they were just like, "Just please, just do this scene for us." She's like, "Fine, all right, I'll sit there in this, you know, pose or whatever for you guys." <laughs> but like, it just it looked rough. It looked rough. It's probably the easiest job she'd had that year, or something like that. Oh, I have to sit in a seat while you film me. From a, a weird angle? Sure, why not? I thought her whole body was straddling it like a motorcycle or something. Like, like a, a like I said, sea do or something. We, we don't see her getting in into or out of that ship, so who knows? You know, she could have been. <sighs> she could have been plugged in. I don't know how that works. Then. Yeah, I, I got the impression, though, that she was feeling all right about it. Oh, yeah. Like when she was standing up and talking yeah. to people... Seemed like she was like, yeah, I'm rocking this, and it's totally cool. It's a strong female character, like, in the physical sense of the word. I don't know if, like, she well, actually has a character. There are no other words you can use other than she was a Klingon, dude. She was a battle race, you know, babe who's just ready to come and kick ass, you know? Valkyrie lives up to the name. Well, okay, so I was going to say that the, the 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 reason why it seems so shocking is because it's like, that comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we've got this lady with her, her, her breasts basically exposed. Except for, we do see a pair of breasts very often in the beginning of this movie. Oh, yeah. They just happen to be attached to a ship. Fair enough. Did you, did you like that ship, Aaron? Uh, actually, I... Would I, you fly that ship, or would you be too embarrassed? Uh, you know, I... At first, I was like, this is going to be really awkward. Like, that was what I was thinking. I was like, why, why, why? this is the weirdest aesthetic for a spaceship. But maybe it was the hour, 49 minutes into the movie. But I, after a while, I was like, you know what? This spaceship can have some boobs. It's fine. What are you laughing about? <laughs> why am I laughing? Well, yeah. this, this spaceship can look like a, a pair of, like, fallopian tubes or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about a very serious subject here. It was an entertaining movie to watch. But, yeah, the the... Ships did look kind of cobbled together. That one was oddly sculptural. That looked like it was all one piece that kind of had parts that came out like a wishbone almost. Like, and then an area with like some bulgy spots in it. And yeah, it was, it was. It's questionable. Different design. And then there was one that was like a flying tank. That looked like it had a bunch of stuff stuck on top of it, and I mean, it was different. It was different, but yeah, I was... The, the spaceship with boobs is like maybe two, maybe three steps away from being an H.R. Giger-like statue <laughs> right. of some sort. Yeah. At least three steps away. We were watching something the other day that I was like, this is Geiger-ish. Like, I can't remember what it was, though. Do you? Mm, no. 
I don't remember off the top of my head. Just saying, though. At least three steps away. The problem with it is that it's flesh-colored. Yeah. I don't think it would be such a big deal if it was, like, gray. Yeah, I guess you're metal, right. metallic. The fact that everything, like, on the outside and the inside is this, this flesh-color. Oh, I hadn't even... I didn't notice that. It makes you think that that Zed guy must be kind of a kind of a sicko. I don't know. It's like he's the, an old man, Joel. <laughs> it's like the console from Existence. Oh yeah, yeah. Plug it, plug it in somewhere. That's that's a good call right there. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh man! So what was this movie about? <laughs> that's a really good question. Um. um I think this this movie was like, hey, we saw Star Wars. Let's uh, let's be a Star Wars, all right? But like the Roger Corman Star Wars, you cool with that? I'm cool with that. <laughs> you gotta get in some money. You got some of that Star Wars sweet Star Wars money. Yeah, like, well, we we don't have a story though. Like, uh, can't you just copy it straight up? No, no, that they'll get onto us if we do that. What about uh, Magnificent Seven? Yeah, do that and uh, <laughs> get some of the actors that were in it too. Sure, why not? I mean, uh, it worked. It's a, it's a good, good enough uh, space story. And that gave him an excuse to come up with lots of cool characters. And, and not just like, just, uh, you know, plenty of humanoids, but there were also lots of funky, weird space ideas. Like, that, as soon as he leaves his, his, uh, his Star Trek insurrection planet, <laughs> and we don't have any weapons, but we do have space solar, technology. Solar power. Uh-huh. They got solar power, dude. They had warp capability. Yeah. They just didn't use it by choice. Yeah. yeah. They had solar power and they had culture. This is what they have to offer you, Joel. Right. Oh, so it's like that one planet that... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Was it Riker? Riker nah, dude. It's, so, go it's so Star Trek. It's mm-hmm. so Star Trek it hurts. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as he leaves with his his the one spaceship capable of that on the planet, he goes to this like gigantic laboratory. Like all the, these models. Can we talk about his name real quick? Who Shad? His name's Shad. I knew a guy named Shad. <laughs> like for reals? That's yeah. a real name? Yeah, he dated Matt's sister. Shut up. Yeah. No, shut up. Shad, I don't like accept. Shadow? Like S-H-A-D. He used like to say, shady? like the fish. Apparently there's a fish called Shad. But it, sometimes it sounds this like... Is revela- this is a revelation to me. Shad? Chef? <laughs> I don't think anybody knew what his real name You know, was. like the Shad's in nature, Eric. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, then. Yeah, like I, I went out, I went over there to take a Shad real quick. <laughs> You know what? You know what they say? You learn something new every day. <laughs> it's a noun. I shad. <laughs> the word for the day is shad. <laughs> At least in my realm. I think that actor does pretty good. Uh, yeah, he does a pretty good Luke Skywalker, in yeah. my opinion. You know? Uh, know him from the Americans, and he was in the 1990s It as uh, George Denbro. It was pretty cool. That was uh, Richard Thomas. I th- I think he handled uh, the responsibility of being the lead pretty well. Yeah, I thought he was good. Actually, I thought a bunch of the actors were good in it. I just kind of felt like the... It felt a little bit confused to me, and maybe it's because they were trying to achieve like something Star Wars-ish and some other stuff, yeah. and making it different, too. But in the beginning of the movie... He's going to leave his home world because 
they need help to fight a war because well, they're being attacked. Yeah, John Saxon shows up. He's he's got David Bowie makeup on, and uh, he's like, I don't I don't know what he said. He basically, he tells tells them that you're going to have to bow to me, or I'm going to destroy your planet. Well, right? first he blows up the friendly the friendly satellite ship. Let's not forget that. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are like, hey, the the, the, the happy go lucky friend time planets uh, <laughs> a welcoming welcoming committee. So they're like, hey, dude, <laughs> what language you speak in? It's like a let's father. be friends. Oh God, he, like, father and son them. on a fishing trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, must be new neighbors. Hi guys, boom. It's like literally their planet's equivalent to the dad son fishing trip, you're right, but yeah. like the science version where they're all learning about the galaxy and, and then this oh look, visitors! And then they're wiped out. And then he shoots his face into the planet like Phil Collins like, uh, you know, album cover style <laughs> just all, all <laughs> moody as hell, like hey guys, uh, you know what? You seem to be very peaceful. We're gonna take care of that though for you. Mm-hmm. Thanks oh. for your women folk by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's got a ship full of Ravagers, and those Ravagers got something, got to have something to do. Pretty messed. Oh Pretty messed. The women, the women always get the shaft. Truth in that statement. And that's that's one of the the so bad. left turns that I was like, uh, that's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, it's like it made me say out loud to you guys, like, how many movies have we watched where it was like. Okay, ladies, we need to impregnate you. <laughs> no, this is this is a topic in this movie. It's like it's like there's fathers like, oh, you need a breeding partner, you know? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the evil aliens. That but was still, the scientist. That but this was is like, like I need to populate this ship with children. <laughs> Don't mind all my androids watching you have sex with my daughter. They're gonna walk around and talk like God. they've got gears in there. <laughs> Creepy stuff going on. Not just in that part either. There were other parts that were creepy. <laughs> the Yeah, so he goes to this place where there's a lab after he leaves his planet to look for help. And when he gets there, it's like this old guy who has a head connected to like a machine. Yeah, he's like a he's like a a, a Dalek or something, right? Well, he's obviously been kept alive artificially right. by this machine. Right. Yeah. His daughter has had no human contact except for him. And he's like, I want you to mate with my daughter. Right. Like, uh, immediately. I like this scene. It's got that cool cart where he, like, just oh, pulls up and yeah. sits in it. And of course, it locks him in, but... No, but that cart does look pretty cool. They and, spent some time making that sure sweet. that was a sci-fi cart, you know? And the daughter's using one of the androids as, like, an MP3 player <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> she does slap that A-track into his chest, doesn't she? Yeah, and he just he just starts singing. Like a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Android, take them to the bedchamber. They'll figure that. That's what he's basically doing. Yeah. And he tells out. them that he, like, spies on everything in the ship. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be watching you guys. It's just gross. Not, not very so well, creepy. I guess. Yeah. So he, Shad <laughs> asked him if they would help his planet, and he's basically like, no. Yeah, he says you're doing gonna die off. Yeah. And then Shad's like, I gotta go and help my people and find help. And he's just like, 
It was nice to meet you. <laughs> Bye. And then she, like, stands there for a minute, takes a split second, and then just, like, leaves. Now she grabs her Dell. <laughs> she, she Dude, you got ship. a Dell! Sorry. Her own ship separately. It's not like she's communicated with him. It's not like she's communicated with her dad. She, she was just like, there's got to be more to life than this, and just left. Aaron, <laughs> why are you trying out for the Dell guy? Well, nope. because you know what? Maybe it'll come back, Joel. He doesn't. That's the job I was born for. Last time I saw the Dell guy, he was like making political commentary oh. on some comedy show. That's no. sad. No, yeah. I mean, no, it was fine. It was oh. like, like he had been ostracized completely, I guess. But, oh, fair enough. Yeah. But I'm you're not going to get the job. I'm oh, come on. Oh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Maybe you can be the next... Uh, uh, OxyClean or whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Maybe I'll be in a Pringles commercial. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that girl leaves the ship because this is the only time. Otherwise, she's going to have to, what, mate with the androids? Or even worse? You know, I don't even want to mention it. I got to say, she definitely chose wisely. Got to say, that life of fixing robots all day must have been pretty boring. And I mean, he already had like one robot that was like in pretty good shape. He could probably fix all the other robots before he falls apart. A ton of them, yeah. Yeah. So the ship was already full of weirdos. But I gotta say though, they, they, he definitely made a very extraneous point that he saw everything in the ship, and then literally his daughter was just like, "Peace," and yeah. like left yeah. without any like any. any <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no, it, it wasn't like a struggle. Even yeah. Where she was like sitting in a room thinking about it, it was like. It was like, oh, he's leaving, and then just like split second later, pick up something, go to a ship. He's trying to give her some privacy. Well, like, and like, or something. Well, because there's like, there's like a certain amount of time in this movie spent where the dude's like really excited about the idea of having grandchildren, and he's got his yes man robots. It's just like, sure thing, boss, to everything he said. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the, the head old man guy is like, we're gonna have little ones. Yeah, and that's it's like, right. You're disgusting, dude. This whole situation is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Reproduce now. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost that uh, it's like a willow level moment where it's like wanna breed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tempting, but no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So she does take off, but he's uh, almost immediately like, "Okay, go back to my uh, my home planet. And don't, don't stick around here." Because she doesn't have any weapons on her ship. Her ship does look... That was his first comment, cool. by the way. Hmm? Got any weapons? Got any... Got any breed? No, what? Got any... Do you want a breed? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I want to watch Willow again now. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, no weapons, so he's got to keep going. She She flies off, and he catches up to the next cool character. Would you say that... The cowboy is your favorite character. Aaron? I don't know. I just keep saying the Saint X-Men in my head, but you're right. Oh, okay. You like No, her. Space you Cowboy. Like better. I know. No, Let's Space go. Cowboy's got a special place in my heart. Because this dude's got, his, got a carefree attitude about space travel that I didn't expect to see in this movie. He's just a trucker. He's a space trucker. Well, like Sarah mentioned earlier, this movie has a certain few different aesthetics in it that... I didn't expect to see all put together in a movie. Yeah. This is one of them that was kind of like... Mashed into this world. 
with a Confederate flag on his. Oh gosh, yeah, I almost yeah, forgot. Stars and bars. They make, they make like, a point. They make a point. God, yeah, they show it. They're like, this guy's a Southern guy who is in space and is a cowboy. And I was like, what the heck does this mean? Like, we haven't even fully fleshed out this world yet. I didn't know he was from Earth yet. No, there's no... What are you even saying? Like, a flag like that in space. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're trying to sell... Galactically, what... President as the Confederacy have here. They're trying. They're trying to sell an aesthetic, you know. Yeah. That this guy is a rebel. Yeah, you know, like like Dukes of Hazard hey, level. The Duke boys. Yeah, right. that, that's that that's the aesthetic they're trying to sell. My my assumption, of course. Yeah, yeah. he's totally. one of them moonshine runners. He's not one of the racists. I hope <laughs> he doesn't get a chance. Oh, this movie's just full of white Dukes people, right? Thing. Yep. It is just a Dukes of Hazard yeah. thing. But I I really was like. What that it's, moment? I was like, I don't even know. I mean, it's another like, hey, ooh, <laughs> what's going on here? I, I like this. He's I, a cool character, though. Like, yeah. like I, I was very surprised. That I was like, I didn't expect this. I like his introduction because he's he's getting fired on by those ships, and he's just. He's just sitting in his cab. He's leaning in his cab, but he's leaning on purpose. Yeah, like, it's weird, like, carefree, like, like yeah, I'm like, my shields work great. Yep. You're gonna hurt me, you know? The actor might not have even known that's what his spaceship looked like. I don't think he knew. It's a like completely any, different film, man. I don't think any of these actors knew what their spaceships looked like, to be honest with you. Right? Probably not from the outside, yeah. Right? Yeah, they were all, like, models and yep. stuff. Whenever yeah. Shan had to fire his guns, he had to like pull that weird fleshy thing. It wasn't it wasn't solid either. It was like it was like wiggling around. I was like, is that cheap or is that just the way the ship is? Shad. We didn't even mention Nell. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like he had hedge clippers between his hands or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bicycle uh oh, my God. handlebars. Yeah. This was a fun movie to watch. But Nell was the worst. Really? Yeah. You go into space and you're trying to do you know, get a crew together to help you save your planet. And she's just like being like whiny haggy to you, like nagging this the wisecracks. Yeah, wisecracks, criticism. You're not, you're not doing it like Zed would. Yeah. Zed would have shot those guys down. I yeah. thought I had a real man. I was like heckled by her. <laughs> heckled into action. It kind of reminded me <laughs> of In Flight of the Navigator. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, have you seen Flight of the Navigator? Yes, of course I've seen In Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But this one was way jerkier. <laughs> I just like how, uh, how upset Joel got there for a moment. <laughs> It's okay, dude. No, she it's just, not okay. She's asking if you seen ask it. That question. Come on, come on. It's a ridiculous question. Have I seen Flight of the Navigator? Hey, dude, I get surprised at some movies people haven't seen. I still meet people who've never seen Star Wars. What's that? That's crazy. Yeah. The only people I know our age who haven't seen Star Wars are people that have like purposely like I'm not going to watch that. Which I don't like those people because why would you just be straight up? I'm not going to do that. I don't know. I don't get it either. Yeah, it makes you weird. <laughs> makes you uncool. I had a, uh, I had no choice not to see it, Joel. 
I know you. My household your parents held a gun to your baby head and were like, <laughs> you're gonna watch you're gonna watch Empire Strike Back and you're gonna like it. Shelf's got the Bible, the Book of Mormon, George Lucas's books probably next to it. <laughs> the autobiography. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah, Space Trucker's cool. I mean he's he's collecting aliens, right? So I like Space Trucker. Or Space Cowboy. Yeah. He's cool. He's a trucker, but he is a space cowboy. The whole gang that he's getting together one by one, it's like this... That's the thing that I I think was a little bit half-hearted. Is yeah. that they seem so ambivalent about the whole thing. It's like, life or death, help me to survive so that I can save my planet. They're just like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else right now, so I may as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, specifically, like when he gets to the when he finally gets to that mercenary planet or whatever, and he, and he and after he 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 has to deal with some like pretty weird dial a dial a drug dial a woman oh, yeah. woman bot woman thing. Bodies. It's like a yeah. pleasure planet that had like gone to hell. Like dial a drug. That's a, one of them. Was like wasn't Just it popping pills? I at think him. it was like a casino. Deal yeah. 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 To I give like you an that. idea of the bygone era that this planet perhaps had. He's like, oh, I can get some drugs. Okay, he starts flipping those switches. He can't wait to get them. And then when they, they finally come out, he's about to take them. He's like, eh, these are probably old. Yeah. I think it was some X. <laughs> just be on ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in the corner. During the space battle. It. Hey, guys, this feels great. <laughs> But, like, no. when, when he meets that guy from that planet, though, like, that dude's just like, my life is done. I'm sitting alone in a room counting my treasures. Guilt. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's been eating, did he say, I, like, I eat serpent seven times a day? Seven days a seven week. Seven days a week. Serpent, Joel. So, at least he's got some good eating. No. <laughs> I think it's awesome that these people wanted to help him. The enthusiasm for this, like, urgent need is kind of bizarre that they, they, they don't really jump up to help, but at the same time, they're not, I don't know. It was, they, they seemed kind of ambivalent about their participation in this battle. Yeah. Guilt, well, guilt, guilt's dialogue actually kind of brings up some problems for, for me, specifically with this movie. Because Gelt mentions why the mercenaries no longer exist in this scene. He says that because what's going on is there's been a galactic, like, group that's come together. Why didn't Shad just go to them after finding out this knowledge? He didn't know about it. He already got a couple of guys. I'm plus just saying. He, plus, he didn't have money to pay them. That was oh, the whole thing, right? You're right. They could, those dudes would... Yeah, you're right. Okay, no, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't know what, I didn't know how that worked. Maybe they were like the 911 service, you know, for, 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 Galactic planets, you know, like just dial on the big space phone you have. And oh, but their satellite blew up, right? The planet satellite's true, gone, yeah, so they, they have no way to communicate with the uh, with other 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 beings. Yeah, that that dad and his son were the only people running that satellite, and doing their science got, fishing trip. They got blown to Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, use the translator. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they didn't understand so us. I feel so bad. Click, click, like click. in contact when she hears the like, uh, uh, and just like. Dead. All the satellites dead. dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I felt that dialogue was a bit problematic for this movie, though, because it established that there's a space police, 
and instead of trying to use resources to get to space police in order to solve all their problems, he decided to take the seven folks that he meets. You know, those space police are only wanted to hunt down Robert Vaughn. Okay, okay. fair enough. People, fair enough. That's why he was in hiding. Why didn't you just go find like the Green Lanterns or something? You know. Because they were helping the Doom Patrol uh, fix the fix the Chrono timeline from becoming <laughs> part of the Source Wall. I kid, I kid. The twenty forty something century with Batman Beyond. I don't know. <laughs> Earth Two. Oh, okay, fair enough, Joel. The end. I like the uh, what, what were I, I keep forgetting those guys' names. The Norbits. Oh, they're not. Yeah, Norbits. let's Nestor. talk about those guys. Nestor. Would you like to go on a date with a Nestor? Would it be weird knowing that all the other Nestors know what's going on in this date? I'm I'm considering this date in my mind, Joel. All, all, everyone here. I'm considering this date. It might be a little weird, but I mean, I, think about it this way, though. You could like social media about your date nowadays, and everyone knows what happened during your date. You yes, know why? Because you just sent. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> you added it right there. It's the fact that they can under they could feel it on a different level. No. Nope. Yeah, that's no. Nope. I don't want a shared experience with uh, multiple aliens. The nesters were a cool concept, especially when they when it comes towards the end of the movie, and they're like using. Their abilities, because the, the nesters in the movie are these, like, three-eyed, all-dressed-in-white clones of each other that all experience the same things. And these particular five nesters are like, we didn't want to be bored to death, so we decided, we heard about your plight, and we decided to join up with you. And they're, they're kind of like datas, because they, like, experience things, and they're like, that doesn't make any sense, because of blah, blah, blah. Like, they eat a hot dog, which, like, did he go to Earth to get these hot dogs? Did he just have them freeze-dried or something? What's going on here, cowboy? I don't think he left Earth without hot dogs. Oh, no. I think she's on the money there. (laughs) She's on the money there. There's a whole story behind why meat doesn't exist on Earth anymore. It's like soy protein and and something else like that in in his dogs, but yeah. I'm assuming this is so far in the future that animals don't exist anymore, unfortunately. Earth is a wasteland. Yeah, pretty much. Only cowboys and whiskey exist. And soda and ice. Has he got an ice machine in his belt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about his cowboy belt there for a moment? It's a utility belt. It just has one utility. Which <laughs> <laughs> is to get him slightly buzzed whenever he wants. It's like it's like the flask, but it's got the machines attached to it's it. It's a straight up dispenser. <laughs> it's got three buttons, ladies and gentlemen. One of them. Pours the whiskey. One of them pours the soda. One of them <laughs> shoots ice cubes awesome. out. <laughs> that kind of stuff kind of reminded me of Buckaroo Bonsai a little bit. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie's so good. Yeah. But I don't know why Buckaroo Bonsai seems weirder, but it does kind of. Oh, well, because it is weirder. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, we can go on forever. Why, why, does, why does interdimensional seem weirder to me than, like, space in general? Yeah, like, I feel well, like it does. The idea of space is that you leave the surface of a planet to go somewhere. Whereas interdimensional, you literally could just be in the same spot, but be somewhere else. Right. That is weird. That's a weird idea. That is weird. 
That's a weird idea. It I could be somewhere else but here Roger at the same time. Or Mm-mm. David Lynch. Somebody's blowing my mind right now. So what, <laughs> No, Joel, what, I'm not going to, do you want to talk about? Joel, I'm not going to the Black Lodge with you, all right? Uh-uh. Yes, you are. Nope. Well, I know we may have talked about it already, but there's this lady in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the one that he takes off of the robot ship. Yeah, she's okay. She doesn't really have much to do in the movie, though. I think, Joel, we're referring to St. X-Men. Oh, what about her? She's a warrior. <laughs> she was also flying a ship much smaller than every other ship, apparently. Like, flew. I expected her to be tiny or something like that. Yeah. They, they were talking I about, like, the fierce warriors the size of your hand. Yeah. When, when, when the computer... Uh, set up. When the computer mentioned that it was that small, I was like, this must be, like, a tiny person. Yeah. Like, no wonder he's like, get the hell away. Like, he just dismisses her. Like, oh, you want to play? This is serious. Like, uh, mm. she's trying. She's saying she wants to help you, dude. Maybe you should just... The, my problem with that scene, too, is like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're desperate. Like, you need anyone. Just have someone, anyone, who wants to aid you. Especially when she announces that she's from a warrior race. I'm like, well, welcome on board. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. I think... They used her character as part of a plot. They did? That was just boobs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in the script, it's like, just it just says <laughs> These characters boobs, are talking about the battle, then boobs over here. It's like what do we what do we have that, that Star Wars didn't have? I mean this so far it's just a generic space story, something like well, if you have a character whose breasts are out all the time, I think I, I think I see where you're going here. <laughs> all right, put that in. So Star Wars doesn't have the sexiness. I start, Star Wars is essentially supposed to be like for kids, right? It's, but like George Lucas was thinking, Lucas will wanted to immediately capitalize on it. He wanted to make everything kids. He wanted to make toys. He wanted everything, which uh, thankfully he did. Yeah, it's pretty awesome stuff he he's created. I think this movie is mostly kid-friendly, although it has some concepts that would be over their head. But yeah, as soon as she comes into the game, you're like... I mean... I'm making a... Give, give them the eye, listeners. I, I feel I feel this is a teen movie at best. Teen, oh, yeah. Teen, teen movie at best. I'm not showing this to... That tape's worn out. I'm not showing this to an eight-year-old. Just you saying. should show it to an eight-year-old. No. You, you will be his favorite uncle forever. <laughs> And then you're, and the, so in the story, <laughs> Uncle Aaron showed me this great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen X Men. Yeah, look at this drawing I made, Mom. <laughs> why is your crayon? Why is your nephew drawing these boobs? Uh, that was the ship. Okay, what about this picture? <laughs> oh, that was something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and then they get back to his home planet. And the girl from the lab is like, hey, like, how do we, uh, how do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was talking. There was a scene where she was talking to the Valkyrie about that. And the Valkyrie, like, this is a, this is just a gratuitous brush shot that they start off with. And I'm not even sure what they're discussing in the thing, because she seems to be, like, setting up something and talking about, 
talking about some sort of technology, but like, <laughs> like, I don't remember what she was talking yeah, about. For some reason, I can't hear the words. Right. I, was, I was looking at the screen. Yeah, there was and, some distraction, perhaps, and my hair was standing on end, but I can't figure out what was going what on. What was she I, saying? But anyways, if it, it fires up this young girl to go talk to young George Denbro again, and in, or Shad, if you want to call him, <laughs> Shad, Shad. Yeah. Look, it's we just, haven't it's had an name. interesting name, Joel. We haven't had a name as good as Shad since we had uh, whatever that guy from The Devil and Daniel Webster. What was oh. that guy's name? Uh, are you talking about um, <laughs> Seamus? Seamus. It was, it was like Jabus. Jabus with a J. Jabus. Mm, breathing that yeah. that beautiful American air. <laughs> what was it? I can't forget the line. Uh, I, forget I can't the line. remember. Uh, Old scratch took it out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this movie. Yeah, that scene though in particular though, guys, it was boobs. Yeah, that scene was boobs. And then there was some conversation. Well, we're yeah. gonna, we're talk- we skipped over one of the recruits because I don't feel like if there's a hole in the like character things, it's definitely this guy, this like green guy who ends up. It's because he rescuing slash kidnapping. Yeah, young lady. Yeah. And he's like, ah, we got a woman. I'm going to sell her for, for cash. And on his ship, he's got two aliens who communicate through heat, which is awesome, called the Kelvins. Very cool. Yeah. Excellent name. Yeah. Excellent. Looking cool like Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got, like, Hercules. Well, just, I, don't know what, I don't know what that guy's story is. <laughs> he's just a, just a really buff dude who's... Joel, if you're a space reptilian and you're collecting people, yes. you're looking for guys named Hercules. A you know barbarian. what I'm saying? Yeah. I want that. <laughs> if I am a space reptilian, which I'm not, I'm not a reptilian. <laughs> I'm a gray. I don't know Anyways, what you need to clarify. Uh, <laughs> the, imagine them all as figures on your shelf. <laughs> you want to have a barbarian there, too. Check. You got your checklist, Joel. Barbarian. Lizard man. Lizard man. <laughs> I mean, the Two aliens that communicate through heat. The barbarian didn't have a purpose. Like, he didn't do anything. He didn't have any special powers. And they weren't, like, ogling him the same way they were ogling the Valkyrie. And I know male gaze, so obviously they're not going to yeah. do that. But some movies would. Some movies would be like, uh, check enough. out this buff dude. Fair also, enough. Also, see, we're not sexist. Now, check out this rack again. You know, but, yeah. I've seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from a long time ago that was made in like, France or Belgium, and he was, like, running, and it, like, zoomed in on his ass, and I, it was pretty funny. I believe there's a supercut of, of Van Damme's uh, uh, <laughs> ass, if you're, if you're interested. If you're interested, <laughs> one can find this on YouTube. Just saying. I'm all right. <laughs> but I like the dance moves. Oh, the best part is Joel's face right now. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> When, when Sarah's out of the room. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I want to see John Claude's ass. Okay, so uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, his the green the green scaly guy is like, oh, I want to get revenge because he destroyed my species, and that's that's about his character. Can, can I add though that he's got a pretty super sick look? He for, is a cool for reptilian. Looking. Yeah, there's a lot of cool looking stuff. I mean, I think they did well with their the makeup, makeup, and their costumes, and their. <laughs> I think even like Jan John Saxon, who's just got some makeup on yeah, and stuff like he that, he, cool. he's cool looking, and he's like, 
he's serious about the role. He's not like uh I wasn't kidding about that that face though. That <laughs> Wait, which face? Just the way the face yeah. that comes down. I don't think you mentioned it this I think that was in a previous recording <laughs> that we lost. Oops, sorry. Uh <laughs> You're talking about his projected face? Yeah, it's Phil Collins' look, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> his head came down ominously in a little sphere and was talking to everybody. It's awesome. I can feel it. God, what has this on go? <laughs> no, you had it. You had it, dude. Calling at the what? Uh, you, coming in the air tonight. You're just going to have to ask Phil. I can feel it coming Phil, in that the means. air tonight. Uh, oh, Oh lord! <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's okay, Joel. You're and so I've close. Been waiting for this moment. For, this moment for, all, for all my life. There you go. Gotta wait till they drop the bass, though. Oh boy! Joel, I want, I want to get a recording of that. That's pretty good. Well, it's now. Oh, it is a recording. Oh, you're right. We're in front of a microphone. We got something. Remind me later to talk about singing. Uh, when we get to the uh, end stuff. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, they all finally get collected at this planet. Like, I, I think Robert Vaughn's character is cool, even though... I don't know how into the part what he was, but or his character was just supposed to be, like, totally emotionless. I got but that. I do like the part where the little kids come over and ask him if he's a bad man and stuff like <laughs> that. I almost expected him to, like, crack and be like, I wasn't always this way. <laughs> I, I was wondering too because he, because he decided he didn't want to live a life of seclusion anymore, right? And I thought that meant that he was going to try to be like you know more of a person, but I guess that was as much of a person as he could be. Yeah, it's it's you yeah. know I don't yeah. know <laughs> what are you laughing about? Robert Vaughn's death—that's terrible. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, okay. So there, there's a final showdown on the planet. That's. It probably that's probably the least interesting part of the movie, like the actual like last final space battle thing. It's when I fell asleep. Like I, I do think I feel that, so ashamed. <laughs> I mean, the models are so gorgeous looking, and yeah, and all that stuff. Like the planetary backgrounds, like like when you we first see the insurrection planet, which I'm gonna keep calling it because that's what it is. Like <laughs> they, they got like the matte paintings and like the set and stuff like that. It's like somebody put real effort into it. Yeah. Apparently, James Cameron put real effort into it. But we could have hung out there for longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Card would have shown up. We could have learned about culture, though. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to offer you: hospitality and culture. The only thing I have for you is death by chocolate. Yeah, no. What do you guys have a favorite part? Because I do have. Well, favorite part. if we can talk a little bit about the siege of the planet itself. Siege. When when they actually had foot soldiers kind of going through. Yes. Through uh, that, that particular battle was pretty cool. Because, um, like, I didn't expect them to throw, like, the stone wall trap thing that came out of nowhere. <laughs> These guys get killed. Man, so many people are dead. Yeah. People were dropping. People die no big deal a lot in this movie. NBD. And that's the that's the crazy thing, that they were, like, yeah, I guess we'll go. And then they're just like, dead. Yep. Oh, you're talking about the warriors? That they, like, yeah, yeah, the gang. Every single one of them, which... Oh, yeah, and the planet gets totally slain. Like, there's nobody nobody left standing. It's pretty Rogue One of it. 
Yeah. To be going that way. And we don't actually see Cowboy's dead body. He could still be alive in that wreckage. And I, I thought like that was the what they were going to allude to. Yeah. No, he's probably dead. He he burned up because of the alcohol content of his body. You're right. I'm surprised he didn't pour himself one last glass while his ship was going down. Yeah. <laughs> well. He blew into his harmonica. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. His trusty harmonica. I think he was playing that Christmas song. I think he was playing a Christmas song on his harmonica. Cool. I can't remember the name of it. Mm. First, I, I thought it was when the saints come marching in, but yep. then I heard a different part of the melody, and it made me think it could have been a Christmas song. Oh, see, uh, yeah. Uh, to, to get back to the battle on the planet, that first battle leads up to my favorite part of the movie, which is when they capture one of the nesters. Oh, yeah. Take him onto the ship. And this whole time, John Saxon has had his arm in this, like, sling. And it's, it's just like, I was commenting, I was like, I don't know, is he supposed to be Napoleon or or what? Like, did, did the actor actually break his arm before he got on set? I, I There's absolutely no dialogue giving us a reason why no his arm... Yeah, they don't yeah. explain it. it. It's kind of a show-not-tell situation when they actually do. Because when, when you see it, he's, like, ready for a medical procedure, and he's got, like, these, like, bubbly, like, disease things looking on his arm. Which is, it's cool that they don't explain it, but it's also like, I want, I kind of want to know. Yeah. What space disease does he have that's ruining his arm? Yeah. Did he get that? Or maybe that was another alien's arm. Maybe he's had his arm grafted on several times. I got the feeling these dudes were kind of like Frankenstein species, that that's why they were going around finding other species, putting themselves back together. Oh, yeah, because they all got, they all got like well, split got, like, heads weird and scars stuff like and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those gross guys just grabbed a lady and there was, like, implied situations that they had, like, done stuff to her. Definitely. And then she, like, crashes their ship or whatever, blows it up. Yeah, Gelt blows it up. <laughs> he doesn't try. He's not there to rescue anybody. Just a mile of water. He's there to kill. Yeah, so they they have one of the nesters. They catch yeah. one of the nesters. They got him strapped down at a table. And it's it's really cool because like he's com- still communicating with the other four that are on the planet, and he's they're like, uh, "How are you? How are you resistant to pain?" And he's like, "Not at all. Like I can't stand pain." It's it's funny because the other four are like, "No, honestly, we can't take pain. This is terrible." <laughs> yeah. Like that is our species' weakness. Mm-hmm. Like so one oh thing. Well. We also hate colors. That's why we're all white. Wait, that also sounds wrong. I'm just going to have to edit this whole podcast. So there's no, nothing, no, le- no. nothing left. The, they're a pale species. They're, their entire clothing Very and pale. everything is like painted the color white. I'll tell you what, that cowboy was into it. Stars oh, and bars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I see what you did there, Joel. <laughs> so, yeah, when they start to inflict pain on him, to because they're going to torture him to get information on him, they immediately kill off this extra connection. The other four do. So. Right. They just say, like, bye like, to that well, guy. And they check out, huh? Like he, he immediately, the, the doctor's like, he immediately died. And uh, John Saxon's like, I don't care about that. Get, you know, what they did was they, they used this, like, funky future chainsaw to cut off his arm. And he's like, attach the arm to me. Yeah, like, give me a new arm. Yeah. Okay, this is another twist I didn't see coming. So they do. They attach his uh, three-fingered uh, Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. 
Ninja Turtle, White Ninja Turtle Hand. <laughs> White right? Ninja Turtle Hand? That's the name of my band. <laughs> yeah, White Ninja Turtle Hand. Da 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 da. Oh, boy. And he's like, ah, yes, this hand's great, but I can't wear my favorite gloves anymore. This is BS. And the four nesters on the planet start doing this thing that we saw them do before. They could, uh, oh, yeah. They could kind of control other people. And they almost made Shad shoot himself in the head. Well, they implied that they knew he wasn't going to fire on them. Right. Why? Because he read their minds, Joel. But they wanted to show us, among other things. We also read your diary while you were (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that implied line that other things, I was like, what were you reading other than his mind? Like, what? (laughs) We know your past. (laughs) We know your browser history. Men often get aroused when they're going to shoot other people. (laughs) Yeah. We know. (laughs) We know about your libido. (laughs) (laughs) He's not. We were listening to Nell, and she says you're a loser who would never shoot anyone. (laughs) We also see you need to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) We analyzed your Facebook data. A young girl takes takes Shad to the side and he's like, why do you let Nell talk to you that way? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like, turn it off, dude. Oh, he's he he makes cracks back like he's going to, but he just takes it. He can't help it. He's a pushover. This movie has a lot of privacy problems, like people people scoping on people, you know? Like there's a lot of creeping, you know? Yeah, and then we become creepers when we're looking so at the Valkyrie. Much, so yeah, much then, then the yeah, the audience becomes creeping. On oh, uh, Saint Saint uh, X Men's ship, there it's like funny games. They're pointing directly at the audience. And I think saying, who's I th- the creep now? I think at one point I just audibly was like, I can't look <laughs> during one of the Saint X Men scenes. <laughs> you were, you were like, I was turning bright red. Not, I was like, I can't, I can't, can't look, look, guys. This is not my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Anyways, to go back to this, he's get this. He gets this uh, Nestor's arm grafted onto him, and the four Nestors on the planet reach. At the same time, down to their belt, and then slowly lift their arms up to the neck. And on on the ship, all of a sudden, John Saxon can't control his arm. And it reaches down and grabs a knife from his belt, and it starts raising it. And the doctor's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And basically, the nesters are making him cut his own throat. Pretty cray. And it, it was, that is such a cool scene. Yeah. That was cool, because you think the guy died and they severed the connection, but they still have control over the arm. It's he, cool. Yes, the arm. So then he makes him cut off the arm again. I am the arm. Oh. Yeah, it cuts it off right away. They're like, we have failed. But, uh, you know, they, they all die anyways. Everybody dies. I am the arm, this is how I sound? Yes. That. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on repeat. That was good, Joel. That was good. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. Some place where I don't have to hear it. Anymore. They've already turned off. Turned off the podcast. <laughs> They're gone. They're gone. Goodbye. They threw their computer and their phone out good, the window. Of their car. Thanks <laughs> for bearing with us. We had a technical issue tonight. This is our second try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's not really much left to talk about there. I mean, the yeah, there is. Parts. No, you there's nothing else going space. on. Come on, nobody else likes this movie. No, oh, seriously, oh, Joel, you, Joel's you, done, huh? Joel's did you done. have a favorite part? Because we talked about my favorite. Part. Yeah. 
Well, for, like I said, I was a little tired today. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, bud. I, I, I'm sorry, dude. Thanks again for picking this yeah, movie. Thank you. But there were moments during the space battle where where I was uh, I was out. Yeah. My um, favorite part is during the space battle when the Valkyrie dies. Tell me about that, because unfortunately I did fall asleep during that scene. Well, you know, she's been battling while laying down in her ship yeah. this whole time. She's got her sexy pose going on. And it's just not not really much happening. You see ships back and forth. You see some firing back and forth. Yeah. Whatever. And then she just screams. And it's I thought it was funny and surprising because she's such a badass the whole time up until then. And then she does this like totally like scared like scary movie scream. Oh, yeah, okay, it's cool. Weird, but that's not even like when she dies though. That's right. Yeah, it's all right she before. Does. It was almost like a battle cry yeah. or something. Like yeah, yeah, like her her Conan running into battle thing. Except for for some reason it is it is yeah. it's. Scared scream. Yeah. And maybe that was the actress. Maybe that's the best she could do. And, and that's, I mean, either way, that's bravo with that. But it does sound very like she saw a spider. Yeah. And that was surprising because she doesn't seem like a scared character. No, no. But no, no, she's got nothing but bravery in most of this movie. Yeah. Every scene, eating it up. But you were just glad that she was dead eventually, is what you're, what you're telling me. No, I wasn't glad she was dead. I just thought it was funny. No, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, the skeleton brawl. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. She, she left that on the planet. Bra. Somebody else could wear that whenever. <laughs> yeah, she made a, she made a costume change. Yeah, Shad and, Shad Shad and the young lady. Up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is it, <laughs> Uh, please don't send me an outer space fanfic of uh, the epilogue of this movie. Shad then puts <laughs> no, the headdress no. next to the bra and and a candle next to it and lights it and says, "Could have been my second wife." Oh, no, God. no. They, she slapped my ass in one scene and it was real good. They found it. <laughs> they found it in Zed the Corsair's room after and after he died. And he had left a specific note to be buried with it. it was like, what um, the hell? He was blind. How did he even know? <laughs> Oh, man knows. <laughs> <laughs> Stare up at the ceiling. I'll look blind. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that actress was like, okay, just look up uh, all the time. Just look you up. You like you're blind. That's how I played it. That one time I played a blind guy. I was just. Uh, you did play a blind guy. Yeah, That's cool, I man. Did. Really badly. Oh, come on. Come on. Wasn't my fault. You sold baseball cards. It was great. Uh, I don't want to remember. Do you have a favorite part? Was it just the battle on the ground? The ground battle was pretty cool. I Honestly, I don't have one moment in this movie that I really enjoyed, because I think all of it's just pretty ridiculous fun. I mean, there, there's obviously some really problematic parts in this movie, but but I mean, overall, it's, it's a fun experience. Um, yeah. I thought the aesthetic was fun. I really enjoyed... How different, like Sarah, as Sarah mentioned earlier, how different a lot of the ships looked in this movie. Yeah, because it kind of gave almost to me like an original Star Trek kind of feel, where where you, you could tell like the difference between all these different cultures based on their their tech. Yeah, and how how different it looked. Like a moment that was really, I mean, there were moments that really moved me and made me feel really awkward and weird, you know, and 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 uh, but a favorite favorite moment. It has to be Cowboy. It has to be the cowboy. I'm, I'm sure that was. I think that's my favorite moment. Is when 
either either when he's just seeing him like just so in that reclined like don't care that everyone's shooting at me uh, i didn't expect that 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 was an unexpected mm-hmm. moment and that really kind of moved me in a way just that you know yeah they're shooting my force field that's fine i'm just going to whatever yeah whatever it he's the cavalry or his like ridiculously giant lighter that he used oh, for his yeah. cigarettes yeah. it took up like the whole pocket space in his vest it was like, yeah. like <laughs> Are you inhaling smoke? Like, yep. And before you ask, it's really bad for you. <laughs> I think you should stop. And Cowboy's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I really like this movie. I would wish I had a copy of it myself to just pop in whenever I wanted. And I would, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Like, I think that. For being something that was supposed to be just a, a quick Star Wars, yeah, like cheapy, we're gonna cash in on the craze as fast as we can. It could have been worse, and I've seen worse Star Wars knockoffs. And I think this this shows a, a, a slight level of creativity. I think that the sets and modeling, I, I cannot express enough. Like they do lighting stuff on them and. They blow up the models and, and those, like the explosions in space are a lot of fun. I even mentioned that this, the evil ship has its own version of the Death Star ray thing, which is. Oh, that's right! Yeah. It totally nukes that planet into a bright circle, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have to close the window because it's too bright. <laughs> but I, it's, it's a lot of fun and. I think everybody in it, acting in it, especially John Saxon, like John Saxon steals the show, but everyone else is really great. And the boob spaceship from this movie, it was used in other movies as well, right? Uh, Yeah, we saw it in uh, Space Raiders. Space Raiders, that's what it was. Which is another Roger Corman movie. Oh, yeah. And that also uses music from this. Oh, no way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Corman definitely is a big recycler. That's good, though. That's good. Yeah, might as well. Uh, I really, I found it entertaining, but like I said, there were a few things that were funny and just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> the the lady who wasn't wearing very much clothing was kind of ridiculous, but in her own way, pretty cool too. Exactly. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. I think Shad and his girlfriend survived at the end, right? They definitely do. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, if, I had we, a, if I had a complaint about this. Can we talk about that ending? It's that ending. Because they win. Everybody wins. I mean, everybody who's left alive. Everybody dies, except for a couple people. Every- <laughs> so, like, in, our, in, the, in the Please Don't Send Me an Outer Space, like, fan fiction ending of this movie, past the moral of the story ending. Okay. Uh, do they go back to the space station and make babies for, um... I don't think they have a choice. Creepy the grandpa. planet's dead. <laughs> Dude, for their own sake, I hope they just uh, live on the spaceship they're on with that voice shut off. It blew up. Well, now has gone, yeah. yeah oh, up. right, right, right. There's only a little pod left, unfortunately. So they're in the little pod. I think they're stuck with Grandpa. <laughs> God, Cre- that's creepy awful. head grandpa. That's awful. <laughs> that is not they, a happy ending for me. They saved the twelve people who are left. Hopefully, they oh. find another small place of their own where they don't have to live in a creepy, gross twenty-four hour surveillance thing. I'm sure they can unplug 
you know, dad or whatever. Dad, dad bot. Yeah, dad, dad head. Yeah, the ending is very abrupt. It's like, we did it. We won. The credits. <laughs> Moral of the story is, we his, won. His facial expression almost looks like expectant. Like, wait, wait, I was going to say something and just like credits. I, that was cut right there. I'm sure he <laughs> said something else, but they were like. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned. Oh, no. From Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> oh, no. And thanks again, bud, for writing in the suggestion. Yeah, Thank you so much, bud. Hey, listeners, if you have any suggestions like Bud did, write into Please Don't Podcast at gmail.com or message us <laughs> on Facebook at facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you listen to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a star and a written rating. And if you've got a few bucks you want to send our way, we're on at ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. Or you can send us money through Venmo, and our tag on there is at PDSMIOS. By the way, if you want to buy a movie, you want to buy us watching a movie, what would you guys think? The price is uh, 20 bucks. Sounds good to me. $20. If you send us $20 through Venmo, in the message portion, say what movie you want us to watch. We will watch that movie. That's right. Our lives are for sale. Money will get you everything. Wink! And uh, if you want to hear more podcasts like us, check out our podcasting network at eartrumpetaudio.com. I want to talk about the latest episode of Love Ya Like Crazy. Love YA Like Crazy. The podcast where the hosts talk about young adult novels. Uh, this week they talked about a movie called Vivian Apple at the End of the World, which uh, they were excited about because it was uh, supposed to be like a atheist point of view uh, after the rapture happens, but it turned out not to be a very good novel. The reason why this episode is interesting is because they refer back to our episode where I talked about the fact that they didn't sing, Hold me closer, necromancer. And there's some great karaoke at the end of the episode to show that Jacob actually does sing. So, I just want to say, we got called out. So, I'm going to need some singing from you guys. Okay. Uh, What what do you want to sing here? Well, I'm not at a karaoke bar Mm -hmm. or or a Korean-style karaoke uh, uh, safely enclosed space. But I guess uh, the confines of the Please Don't Send Me in Our Space uh, podcast headquarters... Uh, a.k.a. Joel and Sarah's Place, is very uh, safe for, for me to sing. Uh, I don't know. What do you want? Uh, sing a song about Vivian Apple at the end of the world. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. Uh-huh. I got nothing. See, we need to be inspired. That's the problem. What did, what did this movie make you think of? Mm-hmm. You know, it made you think of Phil Collins. Do you know any Phil Collins you could sing? Love don't come easy. Yes, it's not a original song, right? That's that's a cover. That's a cover. What was what was Phil Collins' song that he did for um, Miami Vice? His song for Miami Vice. Yeah, dude. The movie. Phil Collins was on an episode of Miami Vice. Oh. Ask your bud, uh, your bud uh, Spencer, all about that. I will. Probably knows about that. No, he does. I thought you were talking about <laughs> you. You be my. <laughs> Tarzan.
Oh, no. Oh, dude. This movie. I hadn't thought about the Tarzan soundtrack in forever. <laughs> Joel, you, you've awoken a flame in my soul. This... <laughs> This made me think of the in uh, sync song "Space Cowboy." Oh, there we go. Yeah, you sang that during the movie. Come on. Uh, honestly, this movie reminded me of the song that I introduced to you guys before we started recording, which is Sarah Brightman's oh. uh, "I Fell in Love with a Starship Trooper." Right. But I can't sing that other than just the line that I just read you because that's pretty much the whole song. Mm. I gave my heart to a starship trooper. That's pretty good. Do, 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 do. That's the disco part for you. And it made me think, take a space ride with the cowboy. Yeah. I guess it reminded me a little bit of, um, oh, geez. What's the song from um, Muse? They did a song. Uh, they did a space western song. Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, Knights of Sidonia. The anime I, that's on Netflix. <laughs> that's got a bear made in it, by the way. Oh, man. <laughs> you need to, if you haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched any anime ever. Don't lie. Uh, Don't we watched lie. that one for the podcast. Though. Sailor Moon, dude. Oh, yeah. Fighting chickens by moonlight. <laughs> I don't know how the song goes. Do the dude, song. do the song. What song? Sailor the Sailor Moon. Oh, hold on, I'll look up the lyrics. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see. Can we talk about... Oh, no, never mind. Fighting evil by moonlight. Winning love by daylight. Never running from a real fight. She is the one named Sailor Moon. She will never turn her back on a friend. She is always there to defend. She is the one on whom we depend. She is the one named Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon! That was amazing. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Take Thanks. that. So, Love you like a, a little bit of singing. Thrown down gauntlet. A friendly, a friendly gauntlet thrown down. Gauntlet. Is that a word? The friendly gauntlet? Yep. Sure. Wizard needs help badly. <laughs> Food badly. Friendly it? gauntlet. That'll be my new, uh, yeah. That's your new band name. New band name. All right. Did you guys learn any lessons from Battlefield Earth? Wait. Battle Beyond the Stars? Well, first of all, I do remember a scene I really like, and it's really quick, but there's this weird goob with this strange helmet, and he's, like, quickly hitting a couple of, like, (laughs) a couple of of boards, and he looked like some sort of futuristic DJ, like how quickly he was slapping those those buttons. I believe he was the one that that was fighting uh, um, Saint X-Men. I could be wrong about that, but it was like a small kind of visor helmet yeah. that he had on, but he kept slapping those buttons real quick like he was hitting a couple different beats. Yeah, yeah. that would be awesome to see mashed up with some beats. I think that is very doable if yeah. I would, if I happen to be so inclined, but I'm not. But that like the idea in my head is pretty exciting. Oh, we can, yeah. Lesson, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's what the people are here for. Yes. Um, all lesson. right. I think we learned about friendship in this movie, guys. What did we learn about friendship, Aaron? Well, think about it. What it means to be a friend. Uh, sometimes when you're in a sad dystopian future, space yes. future, space. Uh, you're going to meet someone and five minutes later you're going to die for, for their them. cause. 
I'm pretty sure that's the, the true meaning of space friendship, guys. At least in Crawl, you felt like they were meeting up and they were like, oh, it's been such a long time. Or yeah. like, this is my destiny to find you, the one who holds this thing and help you, like, survive. Well, I like the I like the idea too that like there was like this grudge that was held so long between two people, two different peoples, and they were willing to look past that to save their world. Yeah. Like I, you don't really get that much that sort of feel from this one, unfortunately. But yeah, that was one thing I really liked about Kroll. Yeah, totally. The lesson for me in this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for help. <laughs> yes. I was going to say be a cowboy. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a great lesson too. Be a cowboy. Just take your ship from your planet on your own. Go out there. Uh, start looking around for something. And the cowboy in this did a pretty good job in space. Um, the other, yeah, the other stuff is So like, good. You're n- you never know if you don't ask. Maybe some people are out there willing to die for your cause. Just never know. Yeah, you could take that to a salesman's mentality and just, you know, like, really apply that to the workforce. Like, like there's there's got to be some diehard salesmen out there that are really push your product the way that these spacemen were willing to die for these this basically a stranger who's asking for help. Sorry, that was... Should I cut that out also? That was just as bad as the other things I cut out of this thing. It's terrible. Joel, it's okay, Joel. I am a defective human. I think I'm punchy. I think I'm past the point of real comprehension. I gotta say, another lesson I learned, too, is if you are a space cowboy and you're in space, make sure you have the sickest force field on your spaceship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got no problems at that point. Doesn't matter who attacks you. You got a six force field. Unless, of course, you're in like a small pod slowly burning up in the atmosphere or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, Space Cowboy's got a bunch of lessons that are good. Always have booze on your person just in case. Wink! You know, a long truck ride is made a lot easier if you got plenty of movies to watch. And uh, it always pays to be charming when around the ladies. You know, he gets a smooch in this movie. And hot dogs are okay, I guess. Space hot dogs. Space hot dogs with your hot dogs in the spaceship. I guess uh, um, a a lesson I learned is uh, have a spaceship that reclines. Or, or yeah, um, (laughs) get... A bra that looks like two skeleton hands holding your boobs, and everyone will like you. Even blind men will ask for special things from you on their death. I have a special quest for you. (laughs) Deckard Cain, yes. (laughs) Too good. Too good. Show me your Herodera cubes. I'm not even going to come up with less, and I'm, I'm out of it. I forget it. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Thank Thank you, bud. Thank you.
EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Hehehehe. <laughs>